Tim, Ryan, and hello, everybody. Yes, you. Yes, you. That's right, you. Hello. Welcome to Dismembering Horror, episode 77, in fact, of Dismembering Horror. Those are two sevens. Yes. Yes. Seven. (laughs) Seven. Uh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. As so I said, exciting. As I, it is. It's a good number, somehow fitting for this episode, too. As I said, this is Dismembering Horror. It's the podcast show where myself, Ryan McDuffie. And myself, Tim Aslan. That's right. Tim 77 Aslan. Mm. We watch and discuss, aka dismember, a horror film every week, in fact. We talk about what worked for us, what did not work for us, and anything we found interesting or noteworthy in the hopes that we can just capture that spirit of watching a horror movie with a bud and, uh, and you know, and then, and then digesting it afterwards, cataloging it appropriately mm. since it feels like a tackleable genre. Yeah. <laughs> anything to add? Mm. No, horror films are just cool. That too, absolutely. Just better than everything else. Hoping to see some some, <laughs> some cool stuff along our journey, along the way this week. I think we found some pretty cool stuff. We watched, oft heard about, oft discussed, but at least for me, never seen. You I've got, never seen it. Great. Martyrs. Just, just heard about it. Yeah, for part of the new, new French extremity movement of the aughts, Martyrs from 2008. We watched... We're going to talk about today. Starting off, unless you got anything to recap, Tim? Nah. Okay. Then we start off first with the trailer for the film we watched. So here it is the trailer, as I said, for Martyrs. <laughs> chambre froide. Elle vivait là. Elle n'a pas été violée, c'est une certitude. Lucie ne raconte pas ce qu'elle a vécu. Pourquoi tu crois qu'on a besoin de toi Lucie, vous voulez attraper les gens qui ont fait du mal à Lucie C'est ça, Anna. Elle sait pas qui c'est. Il faisait tout noir. Elle croit qu'elle se souvient, puis des fois non. Qu'est-ce que je te dis d'autre juste Elle a peur. Elle te raconte des choses Elle dit qu'il faut les attraper. Bum 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 martyrs. <laughs> All right. Next up we rate it, Tim. Per our rating system, would you tell yourself to avoid it? Just <laughs> hit my elbow. <laughs> Stream it, rent it, or buy it. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, 
I don't think I need this movie. Like, I don't think I need to watch it multiple times. Mm-hmm. I think that is like, yeah, there it is. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> so I'm a rent. Ditto. I'm a pretty strong rent. I I think it is. I think it's definitely just as a horror film, one of the better deserves, you know, to be in top whatever list as far as just yeah. like the decade the 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 millennium is kind of another list we're looking at now. Yeah. Um this I I mean we'll obviously talk about it, but I I just don't understand all the all the like criticism that this movie got. You'll have to shed light on that cuz I didn't find much in that regard. Okay. But um but no just it's that it's because of whatever kind and flavor it exactly is. Like I think it's great, but it's just not for whatever reason, it's just not quite a buy it for me. Just a very high rent it. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like I need to see it a lot. There, it's we like I think it's it's hard to. It, I looked at was looking at the list again of what the French New Extremity movement entails mm-hmm. as far as what films are in it, and realized I think this is just like the fourth I've seen, and there's plenty out there. So oh, I have to. Look. That's an interesting so, list to look at. So not speaking from a knowledge place, it's really hard to. But it's still really hard not to imagine this film being kind of like the pinnacle of this movement. Mm-hmm. You know, if it lasted the two thousands, came mm-hmm. out toward the end two thousand eight. Um, and I, I, it's hard for me though, as my like personal favorite, to see Calvert ever being beat as my favorite but i can see how they're very different like this is much more like explicitly violent blah 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 but i think what's so cool about this overall is just it um it yeah i don't know i'm just trying to think how to put it how why it's a pinnacle of these kind of movies like it's a revenge violent revenge film but it feels like it was the first one you know compared to inside and high tension to really make that a story like mm. use that to mm-hmm. do a full story regarding well, that setup. Yeah, and it, those other movies I think have kind of broad swaths of of like um socio-political commentary. And this one I think is very much more pointing at like it's more clearly saying sort of saying something about that. Well, yeah, it's that great thing i mean that thing i love with great movies is it's pointed yet in that pointedness allows lots of different questions (laughs) like that are all interesting but kind of all tiptoeing around the same theme dramatic ideas to emerge this was really cool yeah great all right well what what happened in this film tim because our next section is to give us the summary (laughs) okay so this Young girl, Lucy, Lucy has escaped from captivity. Mm-hmm. Um, pres- presumably, she's been tortured badly. She looks like she's been <laughs> tortured badly, and she's in a. She's now in a you know a home for. I don't know kids, hurt kids. Yeah, there's, you know, it's it's um, it's got a little bit of that. Oh God! What was it called? It was the we talked about it when we watched uh, Sisters, the the asylum that 
Geraldo like exposed on Staten oh, Island. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it has a little bit of that feel. It's just it's it's kids who just don't have a place, you know? Right. Every no one believes her, so she's seeing basically a woman creature like a crazed creature she's not telling anybody anything so the the quote-unquote authorities are they're trying to figure it out they're looking into it they have a detective who like is questioning other you know the the, her roommate who who is the only person she talks to right whose name is anna right so anna anna whatever she's the only one who she's not even sure whether she believes her or not no but she's there to support her to give yeah. her love and support and all that and then so from them being kids we jump to 15 years later right and um lucy has tracked down who she believes is are the the two the man and woman who held her in captivity she turns out her. to be right she is right and that's a little bit of a shock to Anna. She she kind of has been going along for the ride because she, you know, cares about Lucy. Well, it's confirmed that, like, uh, Lucy is seeing a, a woman that only she sees that's crazed and seeing that she's doing the damage to her. So... Well, so, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Anna, her friend, is kind of like, doesn't know where her craziness ends and where it begins right. necessarily. Yeah. Um but ultimately Anna you know learns that that Lucy was right this whole time and that these were the actual people and even furthermore she discovers that the house that they're living in is now where they are torturing people in a in a much more uh, streamlined and contained, like <laughs> pit underneath their their house. Yep. Like, uh, it's got it's quite elaborate and and like nice. You know the the place that Lucy was originally tortured was like sort of this abandoned factory. You know, very whatever in the yeah. middle of nowhere. This is like everything's clean and uh, stainless steel, and you know it's it's very uh high high end and it's all because they have the money for it and they have the money for it because this mm. whole orchestration is being done by a secret a, society of a some secret sort secret society basically a group of rich white people old who, old yeah rich older part. white people who are obsessed with um questions concerning mortality and the afterlife right and martyrdom and how that sort of allows for a transcending like Jesus to sort of connect or see God. They're looking for answers to questions in that regard. So that's why they capture and they say women are more prone to achieving that. So that's why they specifically capture young women. Mm -hmm. And then it's sort of, yeah. And then, so when Anna gets killed by them um, at the beginning, it's, or no, sorry. When who's, who ends up being Lucy, (laughs) Wait, wait. Okay, Lucy. Well, Lucy kills herself. Okay, okay. So out of she, Anna's she, the one who becomes the main character. Correct. Lucy. Yeah. I yeah, was I was saying it wrong earlier. I think. Sorry. Oh, really? So yeah, Lucy is is the tormented one. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. She's the one who is suffering from having been tortured and abused, escaping, and then being haunted by her experience because she didn't save. 
the other woman who was being held captive when she escaped. And that psychological sort of guilt has created this specter of a person who she believes is actually real and attacking her. And the only way to get rid of that specter is to kill get justice to kill the people who was tor- who was were torturing her and this other right. woman. And so that's her psychology. Like that's that's where Lucy is coming from. Ultimately, once she has killed her her torturers and the specter doesn't go away, it drives her to kill herself. She she essentially I don't know if you want to say goes mad or whatever, but she's had enough and she kills herself over it right and that so, leaves loose that leaves anna about halfway point i'm guessing yeah i think that's probably Maybe a right earlier yeah that leaves anna to sort of feel the guilt of not really having believed her and like you know all that stuff but when she finds the the torture what, what do you call that the torture it's like an underground compound. Yeah, almost, it's, it's so like high tech. Yeah, and big enough too. Um, but then it just, yeah, it just becomes the story of Anna's capture and then ensuing martyrdom because she is a successful case for these obsessed people. Right, and they capture and the torture fuck yeah. out of her. And it's yeah, it's a long sequence of of her getting mostly just beat up it's really just torture fade to black torture fade to black until she changes and they say okay you've now gotten to the next stage like they have this idea of like we're gonna torture you until you get to some state and sort of she hears lucy's voice in her head and that Mm. helps yeah i think her along yeah um and so the final act or whatever to get her to that point of being alive, but seeing the other side, mm-hmm. I guess, is kind of what they're trying to get to. Um, the Their tactic to get her there is to skin her alive. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimate martyrdom. <laughs> Except for her little face section. Right. <laughs> like everything but their face. <laughs> and they put her in like a weird blue liquid that sustains her or something, like a Bacta tank or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and wait a minute, how does it end end? Oh, right, right, right. And then, so the woman who like is leading the, the secret society, (laughs) she, you know, they're all psyched cause, cause Anna has, has confessed what she sees as, as this martyr, like her experience, she, she. She relays it to Mademoiselle, and Mademoiselle, they bring every like all the old fucks in the secret society come to hear what it is because this is it, right? This is the pinnacle. Like you get to know what what's on the other side. Somehow you're you're better off, or what the fuck ever. The answer, and um, Mademoiselle decides that the truth is not for the living. So she kills herself. Great. That's what we got out of it. That's how we viewed this story. Let's move on and talk about what worked for us. Okay. All right. What worked? What worked? What worked for you? What worked for you? It worked like a charm, Smith. What worked?
feel like this is the one I either wanted to start off with or end with. But <laughs> but just to start off with so it doesn't get muddled in the middle, I just gotta say for this kind of film, like I think up front you just have to give big, big props to the actors, like especially show. <laughs> oh so God, it, yeah. especially so for just this kind of film that's just all about their sustained distress mm-hmm. and misery. Mm-hmm. Like like I just hit my hat so hard for any actor who who is a fan and believes in this kind of film as just having a kind of importance as any other film and is willing to go there yeah and do what they have to do and I I, I especially I mean we all were watching in the show is horror films but this is a specific this is a specific kind of brand you know where <laughs> yeah. it's they're just they're just in a complete distressed screaming terrified horrible um broken state <laughs> the whole film yeah like and it wonder... did an incredible job at doing all those things very, and gave it their all so i just very feel like good. more so than the filmmaker and anyone else involved and any of the cool ideas in that jesus like you just have to yeah committed <laughs> yeah commend that yeah it is pretty yeah they really they kick the shit out of it <laughs> <laughs> Here you can laugh at me trying to say their names. Maline Jampanoy as Lucy and Morjana Alawi as Anna. As Anna. That sounds you know probably pretty close. I can like fake the accent with <laughs> just letters, I don't know. <laughs> you do it. Uh, but I mean, yeah, yeah. Props them. And then all the other actors are great too. Mademoiselle as the the head as as the mademoiselle is so much fun <laughs> the kid casting was really good like there was a lot really of, good um, flashback footage of them i was so worried that the mo- like when we started off and we're looking you know we're watching what do you think they're like 12 ish supposed to be like 10 or 12 i was like i i was like oh no i didn't know this movie was about 10 year olds <laughs> i was like we're going to watch 10 year olds go through some shit I was like, I'm not prepared for this. I was like, no wonder it's like people got so upset over this movie. Right. Thank God they jumped to 15 years later. <laughs> uh, but yeah, good casting and acting on their part, just because like even their, not just that you know one distressed moment and their their you know the kind of only real scene they get at the beginning and the the not the school wherever they're being boarded the hospital, yeah. but just that that flashback home video footage just brought a lot of uh, humanity. To yeah. the situation, I thought yep. that was a good way to end it too. Mm-hmm. Great, that's um, out of the way. <laughs> yeah, no, I said I wanted to mention that up front. Um, I think for me, like personally, why like this film works so well is its story structure, whatever you call it. Like, I need a film has to go where you're not expecting it to go for me. You have to. I'm always a fan of the film. That like whatever you're expecting it to be, get it done up front, mm-hmm. and then you just move to new interesting territory, and that's yeah. all I'm about in life and in film is the new unexplored territory. Yeah. But what was so 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 like at the the way beginning of the film, rather than sort of leading up to a capture and showing it, we start off with an escape from a capture. Mm-hmm. And when I say this kind of film, I just mean the kind of you know torture revenge. Film, <clears throat> French, what what this is. I think, yeah, in particular, the revenge aspects. Like, we've seen revenge films done many, many different ways. Right. So, you know, going into this, it's something like that. But the way beginning, you have an escape from being captured. You have 
right up front to the once we you know jump to the it's not modern day it's the mid 80s but once we jump ahead <laughs> in the timeline and they're young adults um they immediately the revenge happens the shooting right. of the parents and the whole family actually and the kind of ensuing fracas that that we usually associate with being the whole film mm-hmm. that's done way up front i really thought that i was like this is the whole f- i thought when they kind of got toward the end of you know, dealing with the bodies and, and whatever, and then Lucy killing herself. I was like, man, this is a brisk movie. <laughs> right. So then once it keeps going, that's <laughs> when I really sit up is any moment where that stuff happens. Yeah. And then you just go, where's this going? But then what is so fascinating is I realize in the end, it ends up being that exact movie because it's still about a, a girl's capture and torture and ensuing everything. But But it allows you just to sort of by wrapping itself around like that or looping back around you, it's just sort of like the story, the real meat and bone story is just mm-hmm. discovered and um, gives you a lot of just interesting things to play with. I mean, I gotta say, I, I don't know how um, specifically like thought out this idea was, but it is, kind of to me one of the more incredible there's like two big ideas in this movie that i took away that i was like holy fuck this is this is real say what they are but i just want to note that i'm sure they why are they able to emerge is because that that stuff was taken up at, up front like we said what we thought was going yeah. to be just a revenge movie is then all of a sudden not at all a revenge movie it, meaning and the ideas surrounding that That's are right. just we've already dealt with that i think the biggest one that I that I appreciate, I guess, especially in today as we like 2020, we talk about this stuff much more in the world. Um, believing people like women in particular when they say a thing. Yeah. Is like kind of fucking important. Right. And this movie does it does. It does the movie version of that, like the character arc version of that, which is. Anna, who, you know, is not a bad person at all. She's, she's, you know, empathetic and caring and loving and, you know, wants to help her friend and all of these things. She stays by her side. She's like with her. She's a good person. But she, her, her sin essentially is that she didn't believe that Lucy had gone through this stuff. Yeah. And the character arc as a result of that is that is the worst thing, which is she's going to have to experience it for herself. Right. And that to me is a story construct using that theme is fucking brilliant. And you know, like it is what you, like, like that's how you write a character arc, right? Like to me that, that idea of being like, okay, well what's the worst thing for this person to, to do? And then how does she, what's in horror, What's the worst way for her to learn the lesson? Right. And this is like full force. <laughs> right. The it's martyrdom, it's the martyrdom thing is the other big thematic thing yeah. that I think is incredible. So well, but we'll get, let's get to that later. Yeah. No, just, I guess just saying a different way, what you're saying as far as what it's about in that trauma sense leading to cr- craziness or questionably crazy. Like, yeah, just the ideas underneath that for me. It's ideas of trauma being leaked to craziness, but 
yet like the very trauma itself is being conflated with that craziness. So it's right. a super interesting when, yeah, you have, okay, she's supposedly imagining this ghoul woman is the actual one scratching her and knifing her, even though she's just doing it herself, mm-hmm. which means she's crazy. So does that also mean that she's crazy? She also somehow imagined these traumatizing right. events, but yeah. no, it's this traumatizing events is what Ex- led to exactly. it. So it's just this sort of like horrible yeah. chicken in the egg of trust that like yeah. from, from the outsider's perspective. And that's, yeah. And it was really fun. Like I love the moment where when Lucy's dead and Anna's apologizing to her. Sorry, right. I, I didn't fully believe you is basically what she's saying. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, that moment was like, uh, oh shit. Yeah that's, yeah, that's where we're at. And also just ways it moved beyond the revenge themes that I thought was really good was tying her trauma to not just being like you know tortured Mm -hmm. but to specifically the guilt of leaving behind someone else because again it's showing that this girl and subsequently woman has there's she recognizes you know the humanity outside of her own victimhood yeah. You know, that it's not it's not really actually about what she went through. You know, there's a lot of, you know, vi- the victimhood is a, is a is sort of treacherous territory depending on who you're talking to and how they view it and, and potentially how they use it as a tool. Like and it shouldn't be used as a right. tool. Right. And so they actually kind of the writers found a, 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 a good way to not fall into that trap right well of like it, woe is me it's it's not that right it's cool because the the filmmaker um what's his name pascal, pascal. he said uh laf la, la <laughs> yeah, yeah, i don't know he said that yeah, he yeah. wanted to make it you know that it was it was the film itself was relying on empathy feeling it's for the characters so, so just but the they, idea they, they because they exhibit it constantly right so exactly so that's and, huge and like, that's, that's so much geez. more interesting like, too i think you like we forget like we have i don't know i don't know if it's a majority or you know as far as na- naturally more empathetic people just feeling other people immediately like like because these situations are so just you know, huge and massive and intense. Um, I think it's easy, you know, on the filmmaking side, just to be like, okay, no, that's enough trauma to like mess someone up. You know, we don't <laughs> sure. need anything else, but to then just take into account to make it more nuanced and interesting as far as the character and then what emerges and, and these ideas of empathy. Yeah. Make it so it's a person who's naturally empathetic in the way mm-hmm. where the more traumatizing thing is to leave someone behind. Well, and th- yeah, and this is sort of why I get annoyed with the term torture porn and, and in particular with now inside felt gratuitous. Mm-hmm. This does did not feel gratuitous to me. And it, this is, I think arguably worse torture I don't know. I mean, whatever. Just viscerally? Yeah. Um, but I think that what what helps me, at least, what helps me not just feel like I'm watching people get tortured and and get, like, inside I got to a limit where I was like, I'm kind of okay. Like, I don't need any more of this girl getting, you know, 
cut up or whatever. Yeah. I didn't feel that with this. I mean, I felt it, but not in the same way. And I think part of that is because we, it's, if you don't relate to the character's sort of psychology um, and you're just watching them get the shit kicked out of them, you just kind of give up at a certain point. You go, I don't, like, enough, all right? I don't need it anymore. But they they use the character trait of guilt to to pull us in. And I think that, I'm sort of speculating here, but I think that we as humans are able to connect to understanding somebody feeling guilt over, you know, in this case, leaving somebody behind and having that kind of be the driving force than we are with just being like, I, uh, you know, she got tortured and that's horrible. So I'm going to feel for her. Yeah. Because I think it's kind of the difference between empathy and sympathy. We can empathize really well with guilt. Mm -hmm. We all feel it. All of us, no matter what, like we live in a world where we and feel you could that. also call it remorse, regret. Sure. Sure. But the right. Exactly. But it's it's much harder to get on board with understanding going through torture. Mm -hmm. That's that's unless it, you've it experienced it more it. of a an objective lens just to your average. Right. There's a separation yeah. of oh, this is a person getting tortured and I feel for that. I sympathize with that, but I can't really know what that experience was like. But I can very much know what the experience of remorse and guilt and like being tortured by that right. is. And I think that's what gets us keyed into these characters on a more human level and gets us out of just feeling like it's gratuitous torture. And to then... Talk about really feeling for them to get it out of the way. How about just then that when it is so effective, the specific cringe horror moments of like, <laughs> I don't know. It's something that I always like felt just, but I don't think I'd seen in a movie before quite of those long cuts. Oh my God. That she's yeah. getting brutal from, you know, that she's doing herself and reaching the back, but we're seeing it as her, you know, regret monster. Right. Um, ghoul. Which is just like a great horror movie, crazed, naked, slashed, bloody woman. Oh my woman. god. Honestly, I think this movie probably is the reason we have in, you know, what is the one? The, I guess kind of like the, the style and the look of things like The Grudge and Insidious. And th th I think they are doing I a mean, Grudge came way before, but. Well, I mean, the, the modern, the, oh, okay. the American versions of these. That that they've really honed in on this sort of imagery and this style of that like ghoulish. I like, mean, insidious rah, and rah, stuff. Rah, yeah. Rah, rah, shit. If you're and talking I, about Grudge 2020. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. I think that this movie. It felt to me. I was like, oh, this is where they got that. This is the good version of it. They're doing a a rehash. Of yeah. Yeah. This. So so to get those yeah the long. I don't, oh my it's god! It's more cut. Seems too tame of a word. What do you call it? Just like a. <laughs> oh my god! I I don't and even it's know. It's slow, so it's not a slash. No, it's not a slash. <laughs> but anyway, to get that on her back multiple times, like you just feel it. <laughs> yeah. And then similarly, when she's um doing it to her, her, her arms, arms, her yeah. forearms, just like vertically yeah. along the way, like, ugh. Yeah. 
it's yeah <laughs> i felt those the most but then just as Definitely. far as like particular moments too when the go god we didn't mention like yeah the woman who's been caged up her whole life and has oh a... i mean we gotta get we that's further down the road <laughs> <Okay>. for me <laughs> well how about we get to it um well i mean just to before we do, there's a couple of things earlier in the movie I want to okay. just, you know, that I think were really great. The family itself that they that that Lucy comes after yeah. is is genius. Mm-hmm. Like that that construct, super super affluent. This this like playfulness. Remember the opening moment of the family is is a horror moment where the girl is being chased and she's screaming. The daughter is oh, being chased right. and she's screaming and it's shot like a horror film. It's very POV, like handheld, shaky. It's chasing her. And then we, you know, the guy who's chasing her gets to her and tackles her and like starts to wrestle away. I guess I don't know what he's cr- trying to grab. I it's forget. setting oh, them it's up an, like it's pro- a note. It's setting them up like protagonist. Yeah, exactly. And and it's it's fucking great. It's such a good misdirect. Like it's it's not it's not anything that hasn't been done or is is so, you know, groundbreaking but it's just it works so well once we get to the eventual twist after they're killing they are really the bad people these parents these uh, adults uh that they it's just so satisfying when it's like something that when we're setting up people who are like ah they're relatable they're normal look at their family life they're affluent and they're they're all kind of blonde and yeah to have those people like making their coffee in their carafe be the utmost like horrible torture yeah exactly that it's so great it is great because (laughs) i think that's the tipping point of the commentary on affluence and the influence of rich people and the psychology of, you know, that socioeconomic realm Mm -hmm. of like, we can kind of do whatever the fuck we want because we're rich and white and, and, you know, this is our world and we get to like, everybody else can fuck off. And if, if we deem the, the pursuit of, of this idea uh, worthy, we can we can do anything. Like we could torture people in pursuit of of God. Right. Okay. So now and that to that jump, whole thing. Whoo, so we got to get into that shit. now since you brought it up. And so so sort of you you brought that up in relation to these this the the parents that are killed at the beginning. These these ex torturers mm-hmm. of our hero, um, one of our heroes. But then they are actually a part of this bigger society being led by the Madame Wazelle, mm-hmm. all as you said it, rich fucks, quote unquote. <laughs> That's um, right. <laughs> I think is what you said. Um, so, so yeah, there's always, you know, I don't know, in, like, I just think of, uh, God, like, when I hear, like, Beatles biographies or whatever, the idea when you hear people getting to reaching success in the way that sort of, you know, modern society, past society deems it of being rich and successful and like then you have it all quote unquote mm-hmm. but then like the beatles you hear or like ram das it's a kind of a, a spiritual um speaker leader i like um they talk about well i've, I've got at all what this game is supposed to tell me is mm-hmm. you know winning it but there's like i'm still not feeling it what is it here so then at that point that's when people try to you know start thinking in terms of what is what is actually this all about what is how do you reach enlightenment what and what what not so to to 
to conflate that very human, I think, um, feeling, endeavor, idea, instinct with something so like a, a mean, so horrible in order to reach it, it like rings true in a sense it's yeah it's it's on that same level too as the rich of like oh i'm you know someone who goes to a restaurant that serves tiger because they <laughs> were oh like a danger like you know right or, or like what hostel's about you know yeah. in the end yeah rich people you know getting off on killing other people it's the same thing but just it's it's such a cool specific bent of like to have it so specifically tied to the idea of ah uh, to see the afterlife to get a glimmer into the afterlife well and this y- this is a worthwhile um uh strategy <laughs> means to get there yeah i think i think there's there's the it's kind of at least one aspect is the commentary on you know I guess the the religious fanaticism and how historically that people have done awful stuff in the name of their religious fanaticism. Right. Now that's not to say that they're that all well, religions are bad, whatever. The devils. But... <laughs> it's the one I brought up last time. Oh you haven't yeah. Seen Ken Russell movie. Oh yeah. It's um, showing all that at its worst. So there's it's a it's a or many like, uh, hexen we watched. Yes. Yeah. It's a many layered thing for sure, but the commentary is is quite clear, you know? Right. Um well, I don't know if it's a a metaphor for it or but that exactly well, like I have a theory. Oh, I mean, what, uh, what I was going to say was some. Go on. Go, well, you say what you were going to say. Okay. What I was going to say that what I don't know if this is a metaphor, but the idea that that very you know obsession that we see with uh, you know whatever it is in the context of the extreme violent religious using that to justify violence, which is the same as what this rich old I don't know society. It's not it. Whatever they are, yeah. um, secret society. Secret society. That that very that that very obsession that's leading to violence is like ironically breathing bringing them furthest as as far as possible right. from that very idea of an yeah. enlightenment or better like a bettering oneself whatever it yeah. is like it's yeah. it's so tra- it's like the people that are furthest from the very thing that they're looking for yeah which I is think incredible that, that's exactly the thing that. For people to watch this movie and not walk away being like, holy shit, that's what we're talking about. And this is this this is the lens that they've, you know, that we're looking at that thing through this movie is I'm like, how the fuck did it get shit on so much? But then I'm like, well, because a lot of those people who are pissed off about it are the ones who see the world that way. Right, right. (laughs) Right. And they're. On some level, they're probably deeply offended by this commentary. But I think why it's so horrifying is because it's sort of the extreme end of something very relatable. Yeah. And as I always say, there's paradox in yes. horror, where as far as... What, I think you're it, very right in that idea, because it is a human thing to to ponder at, at minimum. Well, and to seek more as whether like, I don't know, I'd say like, 
you know, I'm, I'm, you know, pro animal rights person. So when I hear of like hunting nowadays and people describe it as, oh, there's the feeling it gives you, you know, nothing like it, like the present it's, it's in our, it's in our nature kind of thing. That idea of like, or, but then, but then where it's even more relatable is like, does it extend all the way to eating like candy or something that you know, or drinking soda to something, you know, is just only bad for you, but gives you like a rush of good, happy feelings you know, that's that, that's that thing of doing something that, you know, is not good for you, but then is it good for you? And that's right. right. That's that. Measure it? Yeah. Right. And that's where I think the sort of horror really lies in, in this. Cause that's just a sort of unanswerable quandary. Yeah. You know, like I've arrived at for myself personally. All right. Weekends are kind of my, my food cheat times. I eat unhealthy mm-hmm. and then I take care of myself aside from that. And I, I'm <laughs> just, great. now I just accept that. I try not to overthink it yeah. <laughs> beyond that, you yeah. know, but then it's hard when it's like pursuing, Oh, do I, these are just everything. Do I, they stay on a bad sleep schedule because just this time I want to stay out and do something like, it's right. just all these kinds of things we ponder of where we just know on some level they aren't good for us Mm -hmm. yet we do them because we're trying to get to that very good thing yeah well and and, you know i i have a in in terms of sort of personal philosophy this the stuff that that the secret society is seeking is poignant i guess in relation to how my personal philosophy, which is very much rejecting the notion of living for something when you die. Like, like I don't know and I can't know for myself what happens when you die. And so for me, the way to be okay with that or mortality or whatever is to focus specifically on how you live like moment to moment. Right. Right. And this movie in a, is essentially rejecting my personal philosophy. Well, I mean, that's, you know what I mean? that's honestly, that's what all these philosophies add up. Always. The end message yeah. is, is all that's ever really, really is you have the moment, you have the moment kind of thing. Yeah. It's what it comes down to is, is the human experience. So you got to wonder then. So then that brings up the question. Okay. What if these people did get their answer Do then they move on to finding a fulfilling life? No, no. She exactly. kills herself because she can't, handle the exactly answer. that's what's so fucking brilliant about it because of course you would be like well oh, that's not the expectation can never be met well that's what i kept thinking too during it is the irony of like if it, I was, is, it is <laughs> the most this is the most ironic well, movie well, the, i've ever seen right, the torturers <laughs> being the ones who are like the furthest from whatever right. as we've said but then um I don't just being the, the farthest from from seeing that. I don't know. Yeah, it's. I just. I get it. It's it's a hard movie to get through. There's a lot of tough stuff. Right, and that's probably why it's not a buy it but a rent it for us. But it, it, it is. Yeah, but it is a brilliant. Or a rent it, not a buy it. It is a brilliant construction of these elements mm-hmm. and like execution of mm-hmm. of of that stuff. It really is. 
Um, okay, so those are we, we've we've gotten some broad. <laughs> Let's get into some specifics. All right. Well, I can say like what what was kind of you know holding me back at first. Before. We're like we, I think we're kind of resisting talking about the hor- the most horrible shit. No, I wasn't. I, I am a little bit. Um, but I guess sort of what then, you know, when I perked up for this film, what was really working is for films like this, and I'm going to try to save Calvair comparisons to things of note and what okay. what didn't work or whatever. But um, but in any, in any horror movie where it is almost like a super, like, quote unquote, like, realistic kind of style, or, you know, there's nothing paranormal about it, like, mm. I want an element this is actually something that john august said when talking about toy story 3 just popped up into my head it's like <laughs> cool. you need to put like weird in it like in order to make mm-hmm. something just sort of maybe it's as i put it earlier like travel that new terrain or for me just like be interesting you gotta like up the weird factor mm-hmm. so in the first kind of third chunk of the movie where it is just kind of the, the violent fracas i wasn't like I was like, I was, it was all good and it was all cool, but maybe I didn't perk up so much. Um, the ghoul woman was great and just yep. fun in a horror movie sense. But even Man. that I think like was just still seemed like so part of it. So when I, what really just scratched that, like, it's gotta be like weird itch for me. That was so important is when it finally got to this secret society yeah. and we had the Mademoiselle enter <laughs> and just all these people are entering <laughs> the room. Like, you really, you were really tickled by Mademoiselle. Oh, I loved her. <laughs> I mean, so good. Like that's, that's when the movie sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You gotta, we, like we were talking to the story sense, how to sort of getting things out of a way up front. Um, allows interesting things to be unearthed but you also just have to be willing to go okay well what's a little just sort of completely like you wouldn't imagine up front with just hearing you know revenge story and yeah by going there and because i think the director had you know their there's there's nose was in a good place uncovering this film like that whole society mademoiselle was just on point and yeah kind of made the thing for me yeah Agreed. <laughs> well, I think that we we <laughs> almost have two. We do sort of have two movies, right? Like they're obviously connected. But movie one is revenge. Movie two is the like the underbelly of this other world. Again, though, like the revenge happens so soon, I don't even consider it movie one. Well, I guess maybe it it extended afterwards. It it is extended because the mom isn't quite dead, which I thought was cool. (laughs) You know, that's great. It it, it has this, you know, the arc of the first half is Lucy trying to come to terms with her ghoul. Right. (laughs) That's essentially what it is. And, And the basic plot points are I have to kill this family in order for my ghoul to go away. And there are complications and then when i think i've done it i realize i haven't done it because the mom is still alive so now that i now my task is to finalize it kill her take a hammer to her head until it's mush and then i should be fine and i'm still not and then because of that she kills herself that's that's the oh first god movie. the hammer to her head tim <laughs> dude yeah, talk about visceral. Yeah. The a- first like eight hits, we didn't really even know what she was hitting her with. And then you see that it's this mallet. 
And you're like, oh, oh my God, fuck. But anyway, so, you know, that kind of is the first movie. Yeah. That's that's why I was saying, I was like, man, this is brisk. <laughs> I was like, fuck, is this like an 80-minute movie? I thought we had been in it for that long. Uh-huh. But it was, we were probably only, what, 45, maybe in, maybe 50 minutes in, something yeah, like that. Yeah, the whole movie's 99 minutes. Yeah, so we were probably right around there. Um, no, no, you mean right around the halfway point. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the second movie <laughs> is so, like you're saying, it, it is a different world. Well, what's cool, and I think it works as far as... Sorry, but keep that thought. But I think why it works is that it's not so much of just a hard left turn because it is just revealing new things about everything that just happened. It's still tied to that first part. I had a thought, and I don't know this particularly well, but I remember hearing that typical European movie structure has a much longer first act. Mm -hmm. And that would makes sense in this context that mm-hmm. this this is following that structure that lucy's story is essentially the first act and then the second act is the upside down sort of world yeah which makes sense in this in, for this movie at least because we get a literal underground world yeah right so we're <laughs> so so in that s- different structural context it makes sense to me that 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 that's how they did it that way but i i would have to know more and so then that middle section what we get is before we get mademoiselle and her crew showing up we get the discovery of uh the bl- the the forced blind woman what oh is my her God. what's her she actually has a name <laughs> gabrielle um no yeah as the mother no the no father. that's the mother shit um, whatever so yeah, damn. What is the name of that? The that woman poor who is woman. <laughs> being has been tortured her whole life, as presumably. I think like they have pictures up on the hallway of like babies. Sarah. Sarah. Yes. Sarah is her name. So it's basically just someone who I think they've had since birth that they've just been. Kept is that what it was? I was like, what? Like. Man, she's wrecked. And how the fuck is she still alive? That's just like it remind me of you know how she is in the the that the movie The Woman. That's just about like a feral woman. You know, I don't know it. Oh, <laughs> you should see it. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, but just the idea of a person, a woman specifically, who's not exposed to anything in our yeah. world and is brought up that way. But but they. Why do they get they they put the oh the visor. that's explained? Did you you didn't catch oh, that? Oh, the visor. Yeah, the visor was put on because. Okay, so Mademoiselle at one point <laughs> explains the characteristics of these people that uh, the posters of them are on the wall, right? Yeah, and she explains that. People with afflictions tend to be better subjects and that Sarah's affliction was that she hallucinated and would see cockroaches all over the place. And so putting the mask on her was to prevent her from being able to see that. Mm hmm. I mean, it's but she still felt them. It seemed like that's why she was cutting up her arm. Maybe, or maybe she had cut up her arms 
because those were not like fresh cuts necessarily. No, me, no. They... When we see her cutting up her arm. Oh, 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 yeah. But that's because she the thing has been taken off. Oh, she's seen I them think, again. You're I right. Think, You're right. Yeah. And then why she's rubbing her her face on the wall is to try and not see anymore. She's trying to like. Or to get those cockroaches off. Or, yeah, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> that sequence is, to me, the hardest sequence to watch. Yeah. It's 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 a lot. There's something to <laughs> just, because for me, it gets to me not just in the sense of seeing a person go through this, but seeing someone whose whole life has been deprived from them. That's right. There's something even more just disturbing yeah. about and hopeless. It's not about, oh, I'm hoping to root for this person to win to get back to how things were. It's just, <sighs> yeah, this you... is completely beyond. My first instinct when when we see her for real, like she's still chained up and, and Anna is approaching her sort of trepidatiously was I was like, how would you like, how would you deal with this? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I think he, I was like, man, she just needs a hug. You know what I mean? Like if she's been down there she, isolated. And she tried to do that, just giving her basic yeah. human connection, giving her a bath. Yeah. Hold, like she holds her, her hand. hand. Yeah. yeah. That I was like, what the fuck else can you do? Like now taking the mask off, not, you know, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a bad idea. I get it, though, because imagine you... Okay, because she can't speak or whatever, but imagine you have that on you. I think I would just be concerned more with about just getting it off. Like, I don't I, care. I... Oh, I, I, I guess not knowing... I don't think... So. For me, well, th there, I would be like... staples, not screws. She doesn't know that! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you don't know how these are anchored in there. Yeah, like, fuck. I, I love I love when she's like, you just wait here now. Immediately, she just goes off and starts <laughs> beating herself up or whatever. Can't take it. Also, oh no, never mind. That's a thing that did not work, I guess. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, that sequence was hard. Other specifics? But, you know, I think necessary. Yeah, yeah, very absolutely. necessary because it sets up what's about to happen and what does is about to happen, which I think the, the centerpiece of the movie, that's just the, the part for me is, of course, you know how much I met love Mademoiselle, <laughs> but her whole just monologue she gives oh like, my God, I know. it's so, so tricky sometimes, especially for this movie that's like relying on having a certain sense of gravitas and realism mm -hmm. to then, um, to then have a, a sort of extended, you know, this is us explaining everything work. Yeah. But it sort of shows that you have to, in explaining everything, actually not explain oh other things. I was very confused. between. I think partially too, you know, having read the subtitles of that monologue. Like, it was fast. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, shit, I'm trying to keep up. <laughs> but it's great because it's delivered in such a way where, like, this is just her psychosis coming out of her, you know. But psychosis in the sense of this is my worldview. Exactly. This is yes. what we're doing. We are right. I, oof, that's horrible. That's horror for me. Right yeah. There. Yeah. The unmute, the unmovable uh, uh, dogma, mm -hmm. you know. Whoa. I think my, um, what was most representative of that as well. You know, that just in there, those bad dudes performance, or maybe this is the one that specifically got to me the most 
is how they're being fed the gruel, Ugh. the goop. It's just this, yeah, that same very just kind of like um, clinical force and, and uh, just just feeding spoon, food, spoon, food. Yeah, like you throat, can't eat that throat. fast, right? So they're doing it in, in such a an inhumane way, right? Like yeah. they're not even giving her a chance to swallow. Yeah. It's just, just another spoon, another spoon, do, another do, spoon. Do. Now – I'm going to throw a, a, my, I guess this is my third. I was, I sort of said there were only two, but my third big broad. Wait, like, wait, real quick. Thing. How that was shot though, without okay. showing their faces was awesome. a, re- a really nice touch. So, so it good. is just this clinical body doing yeah. that. Anyway, and the, and the, so, okay. So at this point in the movie, we're getting the two things. We're getting Anna just getting beat up, like in the most fucking i don't even know a volatile just getting punched by a big bald dude and that whole sequence intercut with this force feeding thing while that sequence was going on i was like this is a metaphor for society this is society this experience she's going through and so i'd like to try and that's a <laughs> pick that apart a little bit. What I mean, it I suddenly had this feeling of like re- re- correlating what she's experiencing, just the onslaught of being beat up and being force fed. I was like, this is, I think, what a lot of people who are not well off feel like on a sort of metaphorical level and the people who are well off feel it too because this is it's 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 inescapable it doesn't matter sure sure. i mean it does of course matters the the specifics but a society that's built on the idea of you're right you have to um you you have to work struggle survive to in order to survive versus the sort of more you know I don't, yeah. I don't know that the easy the, the easy example is the Native American way of thinking. We take care of our tribe. Mm-hmm. We don't believe in poverty. We don't believe in people not being fed. Right. Um, that's. I mean, it, that's what I said. The, the rich in that by by being that being the world. That's why billionaires aren't billionaires because they're bad people. It's because they're the victims in that same sense. Yeah. Oh, we live in a world where we have to cling to our money, where I, I yeah. don't trust these lesser people and with my money. Kind of idea, yeah. yeah. So it, it became, I don't know, you know, who knows the intention, but it felt to me, <laughs> that's what my takeaway in that sequence was. <laughs> that whole torture sequence I was like, God, it just feels like the world. Well, that's why in the feeding again, in that whole sequence, it's just the, this is how the way things are. Yes. We're doing it. This is how things are. Yeah. I, the ignoring the fact that she can't even swallow it and she has to spit it out and then getting slapped for spitting it out. That all of that just, I was like, oh my God. Right. It's the world. This, yeah, it's, it's spinning the fucking out world. Where it's like, I don't want it though. You know, I don't yeah. want this world. I don't want to do Doesn't matter. I don't want to do this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's the way it is. And that's Eat what it. you get for trying to fight against it. And so then when she becomes kind of um 
she's she's almost what was what how do you how early do you, stage martyrdom no well yeah i guess so but she's kind of come to some sort of peace internally through this i was like yeah that's what we all we all need to fucking find that too like we need to be able to like whatever find our peace and balance and like meditate or whatever to to uh build an armor almost around us from this shit that we're, that well, we're yeah, experiencing because in the that's, world that's you're right because it that doesn't mean accepting all this what it means no. is it, <laughs> no what it means is um putting you know what's the, the metaphor giving you know giving yourself the the air first or whatever <laughs> you know you have to be in a good yeah as good as a place as possible to not just deal with this stuff in a sort of um in a in a physiological like putting up with it like keep marching forward way but just in an intellectual right. level that yeah. comes from a level headedness yeah and i think that there's maybe you call it kind of i mean the, it's 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 funny because the the goal like mademoiselle's goal or or what she thinks is her goal is to get her to get to get anna to be in this place but it's it's mademoiselle's definition of that place and i think anna ends up being able to to do it sort of on her terms in a weird way like she does her version of it and i think that when we get to the actual flaying and everything which is horrifying the thing that anna says to mademoiselle i actually my interpretation maybe this is just for me is it's a fuck you. It's a fucking middle finger that she has come to her own peace enough to, in this moment, you know, play along up to giving Mademoiselle what she's what she wants, which is this, oh, you know, mm-hmm. fucking whatever she sees on the other side thing. Yeah. Right. And that what she's actually saying to her is is a big fuck you. Right. It's a it's a, it's a fuck you on a whole different level as far as. Well, I think it comes from that place of she's, I don't know if it's conscious, but recognizing that again, that they're the ones who are really trapped or, right. <laughs> right. you know, which is, a, it's, again, it's just a paradoxical thing to try to wrap your head around when she's the one who's literally physically being trapped, mm-hmm. but just mm-hmm. the fact that they are trapped even with their physical freedom yeah. is where she gets her power from. Yeah. Oh boy. And and what I love so much is, and that, and, and that, that you're so like, when you're trapped in the sense that the captors are, you're so just little and not, and weak that, so that, and that's why the Mademoiselle killed herself. Whatever she did have to say to her was just too much for that kind of small mindedness way of, of looking right. at life. Right. Because, you know, you are expecting to have this revelation and- you know, the revelation you, she should have is that it, that she probably was going through was that she should have never been doing any of this. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, that maybe she shouldn't have. <laughs> mm-hmm. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> you fuck. Which uh, I got to say what a specific detail I loved around all that was how when 
Anna is giving her the answer to the beyond, whatever uh-huh. she wanted to finally <laughs> right. hear, was that it wasn't just like a single whispered word. No. It was, she she went on sort of in that more... Don't they say that she she spoke for like... They say how long she speaks for. For it's a, like a It's like an hour or something like that. That's and Mademoiselle heard every word. Right. That's what's so... I, I just love that detail about yeah. it. Yeah. And what, so you can... I think that's what's nice about this. The, the two things. You do have this transitional thing of, you know, going into the light and, and the, the cool effect that they I was going to say, I, I did really like, like that. that. Way better than the CG baby in Inside. <laughs> 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 as, as, oh how far we've come right but just as, as far as kind of a sort of potentially risky stylistic right, effect right. in uh, right. this kind of you know intense context no it worked for me because like worked, it was great because you needed <clears throat> to just be down in that horrible like viscerally like or just uh visually horrible place yeah it i think it was important to show sort of a seeing something with on right. within and beyond that just a a light in the pure yeah. sense just yeah. a sort of tunnel of of pretty white mm-hmm. accepting light and i think because it is not overtly defined it's nice to have that kind of left up to your interpretation mm-hmm. right like i'm obviously saying my interpretation is that that was you know anna's basically saying you know, you're a piece of shit and there isn't anything, you know? <laughs> and so good luck. This is all for nothing uh-huh. or whatever she's saying. Like, I just like it being, you know, we don't get to hear what that is. Yeah. It's really pleasing it to me. It wouldn't work to hear it at all. Absolutely. No way. Nothing could get no at answer. Because how do you get at like what would cause herself just to. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if this movie, like the goal of this movie was to be like, here's what we think. Yeah. <laughs> horrible yeah it'd be awful um so good job guys you didn't do that yeah um to okay no i guess the last little moment i had that just i thought interesting to pick apart was towards the beginning when they're kids and she um when anna's offering um to lucy like after she's going through one of her spurts of hearing the woman try to break in or whatever she's uh-huh. like do you want to then they're just like 10 or 12 yeah. or whatever she's like do you want to get in bed with me right you know it's like a comfort thing and on a or, or lucy rejects her invitation right, right. and i don't know that was just the kind of thing i was i thought interesting to pick apart as far as that line between your your ability to like the importance of being having thick skin and mm. being able to be okay nope. by yourself, but at the same <laughs> no time, <pun> intended. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, you know, knowing that connection and comfort are important things yeah. for humans too. Yeah. And so that <laughs> clearly, I think we could read it as in she she would have been better off, you know, accepting that she's okay just to get that comfort and to get in bed with her. And it just sort of was an interesting... You're victim blaming. You're victim blaming, Ryan. That's what I'm saying is so interesting. (laughs) Like, what is the right... Was she... Because we see that when she got... By her not going in bed and being like, you know what? I'm tough. That's what led her to take the route of revenge. Yeah. I mean, just... Yeah. In the most broad sense, it's like (laughs) when you deny uh, care and, and love, you just put it that way. Like, 
it, it, it makes it more difficult f- to to sort of move forward. And the the nuance part, I think, is that people are different. You have people who are more totally. prone to one or the other. Yeah. And it's always doing whatever is the one that doesn't come more naturally to you. That is usually mm-hmm. more your saving grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's another moment later in the movie when Anna tries to kiss... Lucy. Oh yeah. And there's it's sort of a like this is seems weird and out of place, but I think it's the same thing. It's not it's not like oh some oh here we're going to have some lesbians. It's not about that. I don't think. I think it's more of a like she's she's what's well, it's, 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 it's her only yeah. way like there she's being given no ability to give Lucy love. And she's trying all these different methods. Yeah. And she tries that one and it doesn't work. And she tries, you know, to hold her, it doesn't work. She, try, she tries all these different things. Because she's always just going to be like, I'm here if and when you need me. And she yeah. tries to make attempts. Yeah. To and uh, yeah, that's what her makes that Lucy very tragic. Yeah. You know, is that like, it's but it seems like not going to let it in. All that she needed, which Anna, Anna wasn't able to give to her, was being believed. I know. Which is such an interesting thing because to your point, you know, how we define love and care is not, you know, there's a spectrum to that. Yeah. Like it could be just believing somebody and that's, that's comfort for right. her or it could be physical touch or it could be, you know, whatever. There's like a, a whole spectrum of things that it could be. And we, I think we often get misled into thinking it's only physical. Right. Well, it was the, the, the conflict within, you know, her believing her as far as seeing the creature mm-hmm. woman, you see Anna's she, she's, it seemed like, Oh, maybe she is doing the right thing as far as saying, Oh, I believe you like just kind of, but almost lying in the sense of saying, Oh, you know, talking with her is sort of, like, it's not the thing that she needed as far as sort of saying, okay, I, I, I'm just going to go check for myself if she's in there, though. Yeah. I, 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 it's not that I don't believe you. When instead, the thing she should probably be saying is, you know what? Like, I'm sorry, but this is a crazy thing. You have to understand that. I'm I'm open to believing you, but I'm also just going to not, yeah. you know, not disbelieve you. There's that nuanced approach that, like... Because How about asking her why she fe- why she's seen this person? Yeah, where does it come from? Right, like actually getting to the root of the existence of that specter. Right, you start to go to the root of it, and then that you that's why therapy exists, right? It's like you could you, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you're not just getting a pat on the back. You could see though, then that connected to what we already brought up though that the deeper point of mistrust was. And conflating that seeing the specter with whether what what exactly this trauma was from the get go, if she really was captured or not, kind of thing, you know. Right. So she, in the end, it seemed like she wasn't. I mean, when she apologized, that's why she apologized. She never believed in the yeah, thing that she really needed her to believe, yep. which is what did happen. Forget yep. the specter. True. Very true. Yeah. Get to the root of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well. Okay, Woo. I think we covered it for the most part. There, nothing else. I guess uh, the only other thing is is visu- visually, it's just really, really well shot. Yeah, there's some really interesting shots. Um, there's some set design that's really good. 
mm-hmm. the downstairs set design, the downstairs, like it's just a den, <laughs> the, the fucking dungeon. <laughs> the set design on that is really beautiful. It's very contrasty and, you know, like it's good. It's cool. It was nice. Um, just kind of in the moment we were just talking about with the ghoul creature woman, you know, as imaginary, what is she having that very clear moment where finally we do see like we see Lucy's seeing the ghoul is there scratching her. And then we see what the rest of the world, what the actual situation is of Anna of, of Lucy cutting herself. Yes. So it was nice. Yeah, it, that was to a, just, it was very, yeah. I think satisfying and helpful and just worked to yeah. like literally cut back and forth the imaginary and the not. Mm-hmm. Don't leave that up. For I mean, a question. And we didn't really go down this path, but there's a whole other commentary to be had on just, just, mental illness i guess for lack of a better term even though you know just people who are suffering from schizophrenia or whatever the 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 condition may be like i think there's a lot to be said about that the monster as metaphor yeah yeah and like like i mean we touched on it but like listening to them (laughs) and actually like you know being present and not dismissing them as just crazy or whatever yeah we just yeah. want to be heard. Yeah. All cool, right. Dude. Well, let's see if anyone wants to hear us talk about what did not work <laughs> for us. All right. Next section. What did not work? It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't really have much. I don't have much either. Taking the fucking screwdriver to those staples in the head (laughs) was upsetting to me. You're just like, why would you do that? I'm like, you can't do that. You can't. The only other. Don't take it off. You're not a doctor. You don't even have gauze. No, you're right. Get some gauze. Get, get some fucking bat. What is it? Bacitracin or something. I gave, I mean, I told you like I. Oh, she did. Remember? Oh, right. <laughs> right. She put, the rubbing like, alcohol. The rubbing alcohol. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Don't do that. I already told you why this was an issue for me was like, I can get, uh, granted, I would have been wrong. You would have been the right one, but I was able to relate to the like, if you're empathizing so hard with someone yeah. you think all they care about is, is getting this yeah. thing off of me. I've had on for me for decades. I understand like, the off. urge. Yeah. But my, no, I can't hear my, you. Yeah, you're right. You know, the, the, uh, infection side of me <laughs> <laughs> says, please don't do that. Let a professional do it. You're right. <laughs> uh, this is so slight, but like only got from, like reading the, the summaries and stuff that it starts in 1971 and then jumps when it jumps forward, it's in 1986. Wait, they fucked the timeline up. No, that's just the, the fact oh, no, that's that, right. The <laughs> fact that it all like was a period piece from 71 to 86. And I just yeah, didn't, what was the point of that? Um, in the things of note, I could say what the director was at oh, least okay. we'll intending, get... but just the fact that if you're going to do that, it didn't, you didn't, it didn't seem that way. Like Not nothing about just, that house felt eighties. Just eh, like yeah, maybe. Sure. Like the, the landline phone I, I kept getting hung up on, but it was like 2008. Oh, right, right. It wasn't actually that uncommon. They didn't look old or eighties to me. It the just looks like you're Because I think they were expensive was the thing. Oh, okay. But I don't know. It was just kind of funny. Like if you're going to set it in the eighties, set it in the eighties, I guess. 
<laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what a weird distinction to make. It was just kind of an odd, hmm. like, thing to, after the fact realize that that's what it was. Yeah. I huh. mean, whatever. I guess it didn't affect my viewing. Didn't, yeah, it didn't but really as far as me. it being there and not working, that did not work. I, yeah, I just think Europe feels like it's another, it, it's like, has weird it's another time anyway. They're just always in the 80s. Because there's like, you know, a castle and then there's yeah. some weird thing from the 80s and then there's some modern thing. Yeah. It's like they're all next. I don't know. I right, just don't right. even think about it. Right. Um. <laughs> so did you feel as though, see, I'm on the fence of this. Like I could put it into what did not work. I th- felt a little bit like the beating up and force feeding was like a few minutes too long. Like we went a little into just like, okay, we get it. Or do you think it needed to be that long? I don't know. Cause I, I wasn't like, Ooh, I want to see more of this. <laughs> Certainly not. But at the same time, I wasn't feeling like as a film, like, Oh, it should be, cut down because otherwise at a certain point like because you could have done the ending let's say as where it's just literal like like montage flashes of every this little different sense of torture Mm -hmm. and then it would have been the 70 minute movie or whatever Mm -hmm. i don't know just just i think for the overall mood what it was the fact that it was a fade to blacks and fade up from blacks and dissolves versus a hard cuts using to jump time Mm -hmm. the i don't know that Pace, from pacing point of view, it felt appropriate. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still on the fences. How I felt, I think it, you could have shaved about two minutes off of it, and I, I don't know. I, I think you gotta it. cross the line in order to know, then see how she reaches that next point. Yeah, like it's, it's, a good point. it's gotta become repetitive to mm-hmm. then be with her when we're saying this has happened past the point of being right. novel. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The only things I have was, um, I mean, what I already said was the only kind of mild, what did not work for me, the eighties, but so anything else I have is more on the level of like, why not for me, I guess, or, or why, uh, if I said this was movie, it was not a buy it for me, mm, like mm-hmm, more just under mm-hmm. that versus it not actually working. Yeah. Um, and th- so this first one is kind of a weird worked and didn't work one, but like the style that was put in at the beginning where the, the monster woman visage first appears and it's like this obvious jump scare, you know, noise and stinger, oh, yeah, which yeah. if you listen to the grudge episode, you know, I hate uh-huh. more than I anything. remember thinking, uh Oh, right. <laughs> right. Oh, <Uh-oh>. so <laughs> it is done. You know, that was the only time something like that happened, yep. but it's just this weird thing where it was like, I was, I don't know. It's kind of like what I was saying about what's the other revenge movie we watched. Um, the other main one, uh, the house on the last house on the left oh, yeah, remake, yeah. where I'm just like, you don't need you to do any of this it. like filmic flourishes. I agree. And in fact, it's, you know, better for it. I had forgotten about that, but I felt the exact right. the same. I was like, this moment would be just as fucking good, if not better without that. But then I get to, I wonder if though, if just having that there, it makes it so once we do get to the weirdness of the Mademoiselle and co that I do like so much, it allows that little, little bit of like filmic flourish separation allows mm. us to sort of buy into something more 
kind of specific and weird that happens later rather than as if we were just so in like this is real this is only like you're watching a home movie or whatever interesting i don't know on some interesting (laughs) level it like may have worked on that level but at the same time just well not thank my fucking style. god they only did it that one <laughs> right, time exactly um it's like you get one <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and then also like even though i thought it was great and perfect for the movie the beginning and the end chunks were just um i didn't love like the first middle chunk once where it's you know what i loved about this movie was the weird stuff with when she discovers the underground thing with the woman yeah. and then the mademoiselle and all of them showing up. But you know, like kind of what we already said, but as the purpose of it, the first chunk and the last chunk. And again, this is just from a, maybe not for me since it was just like, okay, you know, kind of like what you're saying. Could it be cut down at a certain point? I am just like, I get it. Cool. Wait, wait I'm confused. Which part are you saying the this f- applies to? I'm saying because of how much I like, I loved the middle chunk was just more my style of getting the Mademoiselle and right. the interestingness of discovering the woman and the downstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're saying the previous So chunk? just the whole first beginning chunk of the fracas and then uh, the last chunk of the torture. Okay. I think, you know, that it's like, I think it was great and it worked for the movie and is a great film, but just whatever is the bulk of those just sort of content wise mm-hmm. versus idea wise mm-hmm. is just like not my thing enough to make it a buy it. All right. I really like that bit. I know. So. Again, I do like it. This is not what didn't, I, I, as I, I said, this I is, see, see. this is why it is not a buy it for me. Not gotcha. why it gotcha. didn't work. Interesting. Okay, cool. Because that's, I mean, we got to talk yeah. about something in the section, I guess. <laughs> do we? Well, no, I mean, this yeah. is an interesting level. I mean, way to... I hear, I, okay, because I feel like if it's not, if we don't, then it's just kind of like, well, then why isn't it just to buy it? You guys clearly love it so much, you know? That's why this thought is interesting, just to parse a little bit. I don't know. I'm starting to feel like maybe I am a buy it. I think it's a good enough film to be a buy it, but our it rating is. system is... It's just hard to watch. <laughs> but that's not our rating system, But it's not you know? that... I mean... I didn't think it was that It's bad. not the worst of the worst. Like when you, you know, it's always worse in your head though. Yeah. Well, but I can see why though. Absolutely. Um, it's gotten the kind of notoriety. Yeah. Super extreme, but <laughs> one aspect in particular, we'll get to in things to note. Um, mm-hmm. But here again, why it's just, okay, here's a way to put it. Why I put this as just extremely high rent or maybe buy it someday if you know if it has been years since i've watched it i might as well buy it maybe it is that kind of a buy it but as far as like calvert which i'm like dude this is one of my new favorites this is a buy it as to compare it to that one so yeah as uh, as the ideas that were there for me in this one were super interesting it still came down to their reactions were just you know freaking out this is a movie Mm. of people freaking out and that is just inherently less interesting me than what Calvera was about were people's insanity, how insanity being messed up, how that can manifest as normalizing things. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I get you. And that just like, so, so you know, in Calvera, uh, it's, uh, you know, seeing someone turning someone into a woman in their heads right, and like, right. or, or what was it thinking like, um, was it they thought uh, a goat was a, a dog or something like that? Oh, 
Um, oh God! Yeah, what, what? They're 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 raping pig. No, maybe it's another pig. Yeah, um, they, yeah. They're raping pigs. They're like man, dancing man. to discordant music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just all those ideas of seeing crazy, you know, or being again like her. Uh, um, actually, how we put it earlier, being disconnected from mm-hmm. connection, from love. Yeah. Seeing it manifest in these kind of very like uh, what the fuck? Yeah, ways that. <laughs> strikes me as more in a in a just a feeling it way even if it yeah. can can kind of be um off-putting people because it's weirder and they go what is this this is inexplicable that inexplicableness for me like i i relate to inexplicableness as being more realistic or being more like actual life because mm. mm-hmm. all these things we're talking about it's not like you know just like we couldn't hear her saying it there's no the right answer so anything that sort of feels like i can't immediately go like oh yeah that's because of this oh yeah that's because of her guilt for leaving that person away you know yeah you have to be shown all of it right the the sort of the questions that come up and not being able to like immediately understand why they're dancing like they are in (laughs) calvert like you get it it feels right but as far as hitting me in a sort of deeper, deeper way, it doesn't as much. Deeper, deeper. Sorry, that's from a totally different thing. <laughs> but I'm uh, referencing a thing in my head that you don't know the context to. It's from another podcast that's from another story. All right. <laughs> um, anyway, it's my two cents on why. I, I totally get that. Yeah. A lot of it kind of comes down to, I, I think, flavor. Yeah. Right. Like it is a Calvert is a flavor. It has a very specific sort of thing going on. And, you know, there was, uh, oh, damn it. I remember having a thought. Now I don't think I can recapture it. But there, there's sort of a, you know, like Memento is a revenge thing. Mm-hmm. Memento has a flavor, right? Like. It's still revenge. It's still revenge. It's a revenge movie, but like I think the the ones Kill Bill has a flavor. Like there's they're all different ingredients. Yes, and they're yeah. Like how we do revenge, you know, on that whatever. If you want to put it on like I guess a, a spectrum, those land somewhere. This lands in its own place, and we are individually prone to likes a certain sections of that spectrum. Right, and I think this one. As great as it is and the things that are going on in it are obviously we have a lot to talk about. And and I'm, you know, I find all of that fascinating. It's still not necessarily my flavor right. of film. Right. And I think um, as and if you sort of a big ingredient to that flavor is the torture aspect and like real world setting. Like, I yeah. think. You know, if that's how you separate this from Calvaire, like um, they're both French extremity movies. But I still think that Martyrs is like the best that I can imagine the story being. Granted, there's still a lot we haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I think I'm I'm with you. I may have only seen four. Dude, there's a whole Wikipedia that's just the French extremity. Like, just go to that. Yeah, I can off the top of my head think of four. So, yeah. Yeah, and so... Um, Again, you, you know, you ask me, okay, are you rather watch this movie where people are being tortured or there's pig rape and people thinking <laughs> someone else is a woman when they're not, you know, give me the latter. Wow. Well, now we know. This is a nice <laughs> little window into Ryan's brain. <laughs> <laughs> the inexplicable. Yep. More interested. In. Cool, dude. All right. Should we go to our last section? Yeah, let's do it. Things of note. 
I kind of tried to dig in a little bit on this because I I was under the impression from all the stuff I had ever heard about this movie that it was banned in a bunch of places, but then I couldn't find that. I found out about some of that. Oh, good. All I know is that it was it was like the stuff I found was more on how the French like Ministry of Culture was pissed off and they were like right. wanted to give it different like a that's harsher what it was so they wanted like to the french whoever they initially gave it an 18 plus rating which is sort of the equivalent of like an X. nc-17 oh, x rating sure, here yeah. is kind of like the death profit wise of a film of yeah. how many places it's going to get screened in how many theaters it's going to get booked in mm-hmm. so there is a kind of a, a protest a movement about it whereas like get it down to 16 plus is the you know the rating below okay. i guess the the r equivalent and um mm-hmm. the filmmaker said that you know they they did the the um uh, appeal like sent something back to him and then just sort of without any warning he got like an email or a letter back or whatever that was like okay you know it's been reassessed and approved for 16 plus like and then it was kind of like <laughs> whoa, whoa okay, okay <laughs> great but it, i forget how long that turnaround was maybe a matter of months or so mm. but um Shit. that's that's what the it's a ratings controversy that I picked up on, not so much huh. a, a banning controversy. Yeah, maybe. Which, but th- their their whole argument why it went as far as protest was saying, even though it's a just a ratings thing, is because it's only going to get like four prints made versus go you know France wide, is it became an issue issue of cen- censorship for them, not just ratings. Yeah. yeah. That's what they're protesting, and that's, you know, we can equate banning. Maybe that's what I had always been hearing is that it had been censored, Mm. you know, that that, that it – or that, you know, whatever. That censorship was the root of the the controversy over it, and I sort of equated that to it being banned. And it's also easy to equate the censorship with the idea of it being cut down or not. Sure. But no, it was just in the sense of by giving it this rating, less people are going to see it. Now, we watched – the unrated version, I believe. I didn't know there were two. Oh. Because maybe? there's, on the Wikipedia, there's only a single running time for it, 99 minutes. Usually it says the different oh, running times. Maybe I, maybe I misinterpreted that too. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> uh, I was drunk. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't even know what day it is, right? Well, I can tell you some things for sure about it. Okay, great. That were interesting talking with the <laughs> filmmaker. There was an interview with him on What's Up Man with 2Ns.com. To talk about the whole 1985 thing. Why is would he ho- said it? Is the host's name like Jerry Mann? I'm guessing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Why is the film set in 1985? Oh, get, right. And I think these are all like uh, any interview stuff I read with him. It's, you know, translated from French. So it's a little funny. But <laughs> it was done to create distance between our time and the time in the film. I liked the idea that everything had happened in the past. The only testimony of the film would be the Super 8 footage at the beginning. Also, to be honest, I shot the film in Montreal. And for me, it was good way to make canada look more like france Mm, fair enough (laughs) yeah and then um more interview stuff that i thought was interesting as far as this kind of specific stuff to the filmmaking approach of this film 
from an interview from reviewgraveyard.com. They said, you tried a new way of directing for this movie where you attempted to capture reality, and so sometimes you wouldn't tell the camera operators what was going to happen. Was that hard for the, oh. was that hard for the crew to uh, adjust to? He said, yes, of course, especially for an American crew. For co-production reasons, we shot the film in Montreal and Quebec. And the American system on the set is not very used to that more European method. They like shot lists and everything, and I refused to do that because, once again, <laughs> I really wanted to bring as much reality to it as, possi- as I possibly could because my first film was so over-controlled. Everything was storyboarded, and directing the film for me was like trying to recreate a storyboard on set. I was constantly the enemy of reality. In Martyrs, it was the opposite. I tried to let the reality interconnect as much as possible with the shooting process. Then did that make the film harder to edit? Yes, it took us at least six months to finally start to see the final shape of the film because the dailies were kind of strange. I shot very long shots trying not to cut the camera as much as possible because any time I turned off the camera, I took the risk that risk that my actors couldn't find the right state again because we were dealing with so many tears and extreme emotions from the actors. It was a tough process. That sounds awful. Yeah. That sounds fucking awful. What? The idea... Oh, from, from the idea of the production? Yes, and the and from the actor's point of view, no, I mean, on, no, that's I looked at it as that's how you do it with I the guess. actors. And when oh, I don't know if you've had to do brutal, I've had one, you know, my one main like straight faced horror movie I've done was similar, just kind of the straight up, you know, final girl being, you know, in a horrible mm-hmm. situation situations. But it's like, no, you gotta go, you know, to cut more often kind of throws you off. You want to yeah, when you go there, that. it's like it's at least what I picked up on is it seems like it's harder. It's more, it's more to sort of, it's more of a roller coaster to sort of have to be there and then make it go away and then make it come back again. Like, and we know just from any kind of filmmaking, like the longer takes you do, the more you're just kind of getting, you know, in sure. a sense. Yeah. Like, so you aren't have to repeat it as much. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I like the, yeah. I like the fact that, that some dickhead thought it was a good idea to remake this. Oh, Right. Well, and, it's just Americans like studio or whatever, right? Yeah, exactly. And so this is the worst thing I've ever heard. Ready for this sentence in Wikipedia? Um, blah, blah, blah. This guy and that writer and whoever wanted to do it with the producers of Twilight. Yeah. And the producer would said he would like um, Kristen Stewart from Twilight <laughs> to, to be the, the lead in this movie. And everything about that, just f- after watching this, I'm sure I'm like, they would have given it a happy ending too. Oh, they say that. <laughs> they literally say that. Uh, I believe yeah, you. It's yeah, okay. It's in there somewhere where he, he, you know, he basically is like, yeah, but we would, you know, we, we wouldn't make it so so. <laughs> the um, come on, guys. Who wants to see that movie? The Fuck. I know. The one other thing I I know with for this kind of intensity movie, it kind of defeats the whole purpose. Yeah, like go make something else. Well, that shows you have so much money. Just go make something else. Exactly, good. Right. That's exactly what these kind of find a new story that's good. Is how fuck they're just looking off sort of name and notoriety. Oh, martyrs! I think I've heard of that. That's supposed to be some controversy. Oh yeah, so I'm gonna go see it. You know, it's annoying. It's like um, you know, making quarantine from wreck. (laughs) I say all that. Yeah. Um, God, that that's how I was introduced to Rec. I saw Quarantine. We first. talked about that Ugh. in our, our Rec Two episode. God damn it! Uh, uh, one last thing I got from the ReviewGraveyard.com interview I really liked was uh, I think it was from that one. 
he, the director, he was signed on and it sounded like he was going to do a Hellraiser reboot. Whoa. And he was talking about it as, oh, it's my next thing, blah, blah, blah. This is my approach to it. Sounds really cool. You know, sounds like he was going to do it right. And then I'm like, okay, well, this clearly never happened. This was over 10 years ago. But then, yeah, I'm like, my question there was answered why it didn't happen. He says, I have the feeling that I am being asked, if I have the feeling that I'm being asked by Hollywood to soften the franchise, I will leave in a blink. <laughs> Blink. <And> he did. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Cool. Um, okay. Two more things of note I had. We brought up the ratings controversy, but actually, you know, kind of foregoing why this might be controversial. You know, it's kind of obvious. And in our what worked and what didn't work, we didn't, we kind of glossed over. I think that's something that's just really, um, I don't know why I, I clearly wanted to bring up and talk about, but as far as in films, I think it's, I don't, I personally don't want to say crossing line, but I feel like it does bring a movie to another level when you go as far as killing a kid, like even in a horror film. Like, oh, like in the opening? Yeah. Interesting. Um, like that's just something that in a film I can see, huh. I more see it as when that is introduced in a film is when something will all, you know, instantly get that label of like. Uh, unrated NC-17, 18 plus in this case. Like, I don't even think mm. it has to do with the violence, but when you're putting that for me, like puts a, if that hadn't had happened, this movie would have been on a way different like level inherently hmm. like it, that yeah. to, to kill a kid in a movie. I think in the, it's, in like the first 10 minutes in, in a horror movie, especially, you know, it's not like Schindler's list or whatever, or some historical sure. right. Titanic kills kids. You know, it's not like that, but in a horror right. film, to do that it's sort of you're you're ruffling I, some feathers yeah you, you aren't crossing <laughs> the line i don't i don't maybe that's just because i don't believe in that but you right. are certainly crossing a line yeah. and i just think it's something uh worth noting that they did it and it puts this movie at a certain something yeah all right well, i guess i can understand that but i disagree what do you mean i disagree i, I mean i personally am not affected by that yeah, yeah, in, yeah, the, yeah. in the same way Right. Yeah. Have kids one day, though, Tim. You might feel different. <laughs> Maybe. You know, I, yeah. find, me a, find me a woman who wants to have my kid. <laughs> I think it's this... <laughs> I don't know. We, when we talked about Last House on the left, you know, rape be kind of the worst thing like that to put on screen. I don't know. I put kid killing right up. Yeah, it's pretty high. right up there. <laughs> pretty high. <laughs> uh, and again, this is the horror movies I like. I appreciate they do go there. Um but I don't know. As far as I don't know, I, I guess I just found that noteworthy as far as like seeing how this, uh, you know, is not a, I don't know, because it takes it to a different place. Yeah. By going that far. Um, I'm yeah. not saying I'm personally like you. I'm not. I'm not saying that means I'm personally right. affected by it in a certain way. It's just I think something to acknowledge. The last thing I had, Tim, was a direct question for you. Um, you haven't seen the movie The Woman. The Woman. Apparently not. Um, no, but I, ha I haven't, <laughs> I know I have not, I got it. So the, the thing that was most horrified, one of the things that was horrifying going through my head when we have Sarah, the woman oh. being trapped underneath. And I, I took it as a situation as she's been there her whole life. She doesn't, it's not that her tongue was cut out. It's the, the reason she's not speaking is because she doesn't know a language. She mm. doesn't know words. Oh. And the horror that that was getting at me, I want to ask you, Tim, is what would you be thinking in your head if you didn't know words? I mean, 
I have no idea how to translate that. <laughs> I, if you have seen stuff, no, I don't know if, if she's ever seen anything. Well, I guess we do know she's she has at some point. We have sense memories of being a baby before we knew language that maybe is a sort of approach to that mm-hmm. question. She can hear stuff. Yeah. But has she been exposed to people talking? But it's all meaningless. I'm just saying... Would it be me- Also, I'm just saying presume uh. she doesn't know words. Maybe you're arguing that we don't know for sure, but I'm no, just... No, no, no. I'm what I'm, question, what I'm wondering is in your... In your the premise of your question, has she heard people talking throughout her life? Probably. I don't know. So wouldn't you learn the language? That's why I'm like saying babies I, learn the language. They don't need to talk to learn the language. I'm right? saying I'm presuming from the situation of her literally not saying help, help, you know, or anything In like French. that. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, I'm just saying under the presumption okay. that let's say no one spoke in front of her. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, okay, uh, but she's seen stuff. Has she seen? God, I, I'd like to think they they waited a few years to put that thing on her, so it's not. Uh, I don't know. It's I don't know what that would be. It seems like a cool thing. Maybe it's just like your brain is sort of taking feelings in translating that into some sort of I don't know. Are you only feeling feelings? No. I think you're having th- thoughts, but it's a totally different construct. Like so what? like what is the what is a thought without language? But like we have thoughts all the time that are just image based. Well, our thoughts and, and also emotion based. But our thoughts, they you imagine them kind of like starting somewhere and then bubbling up and then they turn into words. No, not for me necessarily. I have lots of thoughts that are just images, and they have a they have a correlated. No, but I'm saying when emotion. we. But I'm saying if we didn't know a language, that is what they would be, as sort of you know, a thought before words get attached to them, a feeling like a something, an essence of thought. You know, when we think something, they aren't words instantly necessarily. Like they are coming from a place. Sure. And to be, and and (laughs) it's what's beyond that is what I guess I'm I'm wondering what that's like in my question. Uh, Can you imagine? I think that my version of imagining that is based on sort of your emotional response and some sort of brain construct of either imagery or something else. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's I more don't know. like, I think it's more like it's all like, yeah, we can. But even when I'm thinking right now, I'm not like picturing things unless I'm sort of oh. like, okay, I got to picture this, you know? So for me, I think it is all like just feelings without words to attach to them. And it's just so hard to yeah, think of what the that words are fucking made up anyway. Right. But since our head is just so full of word thoughts, it's really hard to. I think your head is full of word thoughts. It is. I think my head is full of picture thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Great. 
Because also there's things like the rhythm of things or like the vibration of things that we feel around us all the right, time. Right, so feelings. And so I think that shit gets you would become that would be your language right you'd be tuned into that more than we are because right. we're tuned into this other thing so but it's so, like in the context of this film being like Ugh. the thing that she's thinking if it was words basic 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 words is i don't like how this feels <laughs> i don't like this yeah yeah but, but she doesn't if she doesn't have words yeah. here's how that's that's like how that goes <laughs> that's that's what she's her language exactly so that's why i'm just trying to think like, of like tim imagine look babies babies that. cry and shit you know they yeah. smile and cry and whatever they don't need words so i guess another way is i can put the question is do you remember that how that was and what it was like Every day <laughs> I wake up and I cry like a baby <laughs> with no words attached. No, words. no, thought, no, no thoughts. I, I am, I am a, I am a being of pure impulse. When you, that, <laughs> especially in that yep. first yep. second and a half in the right. morning <laughs> with no word thoughts attached to yep. them. I'm just, it's just stuff's just coming out of me. Right. War, it's not words it's sound and that's what makes me think it's Gases. just pure emotion is just right. every part of us and i wonder if that kind of like that modern day i don't want to call it an ailment but like our feeling our thoughts are like separate from the rest of us in a certain way you know and then not helpful way getting caught up in the bad mm, thoughts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if uh what it's like to not have the word thoughts is this sort of more your your feelings like in your body are there, there's just a more interconnectedness between head and body hell yeah i wonder i think you can i think yeah there are ways to connect to that yeah lots of ways to connect to that clearly i thought that was in things of note an interesting <laughs> question i had during the film i wanted Definitely. to hear what you said all right should we move on from yeah. this film no more martyrs 2008 yeah i'm i'm just uh, I guess not, because I'm going to say one more thing. <laughs> I think I have seen six of this French, new French extremity. I think I've just seen four because we've watched Modern uh, Martyrs Cal- Calvaire and then the two only before were High Tension and... Um, Calvaire's not even on this list. Well, no, look at the Wikipedia. I you am. look at You look at also... Um, oh, you also look at uh, on Letterbox. There's a lot of good lists. So whatever. All right, should we move on? Yeah. All right. Next is recommendations. Oh, do you have one? Yeah. So do I. What's your recommendation? It's the the new HBO show called The Outsider. What is it? It's a it's essentially a detective story, which, as you know, I love. I love a good detective story. Um kid a kid murder and then the suspect i mean and like all the evidence is like fingerprints eyewitnesses all this stuff points to the town like baseball coach little league baseball coach and so he gets picked up for it in you know weird circumstances the cops are like holy shit they all know him it's a small town and then the story starts to unfold that like Despite the evidence, he was in a different town when the murder occurred that entire day, for sure. He can't have been in two places at once. 
And so it starts to unravel that they find other cases of people who have killed kids who the same circumstances they they and uh, and witnesses saw them in another place but the evidence puts them in the murder scene so what do you like about it there's a supernatural element in it though that starts to creep in and it's very like what the fuck or where are we going with this um, but with that, I don't want to give anything away, but it's, pre- it's pretty good. It's directed by Jason Bateman, who also directed all of Ozark, which I loved. And the look is amazing. The lead is, um, Ben Mendelsohn, who I love. Fantastic actor. Um, everybody's great. And in it, in it, the story is weird and windy, like a good detective story for me. So yeah, it's great. It's on HBO. There's great. only four episodes so far but what i wanted to recommend dead to you and our listeners is uh which i already recommended to you tim <laughs> you gotta see it watson theaters hp mm. lovecraft's color out of space directed by richard stanley maybe that, i'd maybe i'll do that tonight yes i don't really have anything it's tonight. great um he uh i yeah i thought i thought it was great i i'm not i'm no <laughs> expert stanley. i'm no expert on um <laughs> On uh, on HP Lovecraft, I'm kind of like getting into it more yeah, and more. Yeah, me neither. But I think as far as what I do know, it's like a great you know adaptation as far as sort of in the larger context of being a Lovecraft adaptation when like sort of tracking down like I, as much as I love these Stuart Gordon ones, there's right, right. there's still an element that's not quite you know that's not mm. make it fully Lovecraftian sure in a certain sense. Um, not like the video game. <laughs> yeah, this. Oh yeah, Eternal Darkness, yeah. Sandy's Requiem. <laughs> my recommendation before, um, but I heard it just got. Uh, it's getting expanded. It was doing well enough, oh, and good. it's limited release. So hopefully, it's opening up. And we'll where did you watch it? It was at sort of like when we saw the Dead Don't Die at that theater with the advanced oh, screening. Oh yes, um, it was. I, I think then AMC, the Burbank, like seventeen or fourteen. There's a bunch of them there. Yeah, the yeah yeah yeah. The there, one the one that's the same theater the, I saw Batman vs Superman, and it was. <laughs> I think I told this story already on the podcast. It was um, when I walked out I, of the movie, very disappointed. I saw people going in very excited, and I was like. <laughs> Oh, these poor guys. But it was similar where it was this kind of a, a two days before it actually came out. Oh, uh, cool. Advanced release. Nice. Um, yeah, I don't want to say much more <laughs> about it. It was fun. Richard Stanley. I mean, honestly, sort of my on top of this recommendation is I've just been binging like Richard Stanley interviews and podcasts and everything. It's been fascinating hearing what he's been up to the last 20 years since um, his Island of Dr. Monroe movie that he <laughs> got off of uh, after doc- three days. That documentary is so good. Yeah. Recommended Watch that later, that. maybe. Mm. Anyway, yeah, it was worth checking out. And it's just like seeing the trailers of the horror movies before it that were just like, I don't know what's the one with... Uh, the Turning? Yeah, just stuff like... It's getting panned. Just, the, the, is that the one with the kid from uh, Finn Wolfhard? Yeah. Yeah, just movies like that where I'm just like, whatever, people, I don't care. <laughs> This was, I, this is what I want. Something different, something interesting. It was cool. Cool. Maybe we, and maybe we could talk about it in a future episode because sometimes our recommendations are ones where it's like, you know, it'd be actually fun to pick this apart. So mm. mm-hmm. let us know. Cool. So now next week's film, film, 
Oh my God! Next it's my turn. It's my film turn. Film Tim. Yes. Be very Tim. You may want to refresh it because Wrong Turn Two is in there, and the longer we go without pulling it, the more likely we are to pull it. Just a warning. You know, if I pull Wrong Turn Two, I'm gonna be really upset. <laughs> <gasps> oh, another South Korean Yay! film. Which one? It's called Bedeviled. Cool. I don't know anything about. Well, it. you know, I'm excited about it just because it's. South Korean. Film. Hell yeah. All right. Great. Cool. Fine yeah. Notes. Maybe I will. Let me look right here. I've been quick. adding some more to the list too. So. I have two actually added a couple. Good. Um, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine left. Exactly. I think I said we had nine left last time, but <laughs> oh, that was yeah. a guess. This is an actual count. Great. So we have nine left. So I will print out the new list. I think that's apropos. Time to refresh it unless yeah. we want wrong turn two sooner rather than later. <laughs> oh my God. Is it I'm going to refresh it. We're going to put 30 more films in there and the first one we pull is wrong turn two. <laughs> uh, yeah, when we did our wrong turn episode, we said, how about, Tim, this is the, the one series where we slowly get through every uh, one. So uh, as soon as we uh, pull wrong turn one, we just put it back in as write a two next to it. We're just going to keep doing it. Ah. Uh, Ah! Come on, Tim. Hillbillies. Ah! Ah! Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the continuing adventures. Oh, man. What was that guy's name? He had a Something hilarious... Tooth. Something Tooth. I yeah. forget. Fuck, so whatever. All right, dude. All right. Until then, until bedeviled next week, you can find us at dismemberinghorror.com. It's true. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. And you can email us at Gmail, pretty much, you know, dismembering horror, um, except for Twitter, which is just horror And then you can what? go to our website. I beg I your pardon? I know. Don't worry about it. Um, okay. <laughs> Dishorrorpod. Is our Twitter, you said? That's our Twitter. Oh, okay. And our big ask, if you've made it this far, is to tell a friend about our show if you enjoy it. If you enjoy it, that's how we mm-hmm. spread the good word. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, in closing, we mean it. Thank you for listening. Yep. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.